Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Freedom Foil podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joe. I am joined by my beautiful wife, Mary. You gonna? Hey, guys. There you go. I was waiting for it. (laughs) This is actually the second time we're recording this, is it not? Yeah, yesterday we tried. We were a little jumbly, a little all over the place. It just wasn't going where it needed to go. I think it's just like... Um, with something like a topic we're about to get into, you really there's not a set timeline like the JFK assassination. There's like dates you can follow. Well, dude, sometimes like especially with you guys, you know, shooting us DMs and stuff like that. There's a lot of topics that are like super interesting, but then when you go into like trying to compile an hour worth or you know more or less of talking about it, you're kind of like, oh, there's. Like, you know, it's kind of like a five minute thing and then, it you know, whatever. This isn't that topic, but sometimes it's just it it all goes good. And then you start trying to talk about it. And it's like, this is just weird. Just not going. And we got a great piece of feedback from a listener about like how they really liked the organization of a timeline. Yeah. Which stuck with me. And I agree with you. I agree with them. Like when I listen to podcasts, if they're all over the place, it's like, wait, how did you get yeah. to A to B? And that's why we try to like, we're always going to try to give you guys the most organized stuff. So if, if we feel like it's not going the right way, we're just going to, we're going to redo it. Yep. You know, um, we should get into other housekeeping, housekeeping, housekeeping stuff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Freedom Foil Instagram account. This has been live since oh, yeah. episode 10. Oh yeah. And uh, you guys can find us on Instagram by just simply typing in freedom foil no spaces. We seriously appreciate the follow. And once we get to 100 followers on there, we're at like 93 or 94, we are going to do another live stream on Instagram with me and Mary. The first one was so fun. So fun, but it was like it, we did it at such a random time. We did because, it at seven fifteen in the morning. <laughs> yeah, we just we just wanted to like give you guys. It, it wasn't even supposed to be it more was, of a live stream. It's just kind of like a full expl- a video explanation. Yeah. yeah, who we are and and stuff like that. But you know, definitely hit us up over on the Instagram. The feedback so far has been incredible, and it also I feel like it allows us to see the listeners, you know, yeah. to see like who's listening and to also get a more accurate idea of like what people want to hear totally. and things like that. So of course, as always, all of the links for what we're going to be talking about are going to be in the descriptions of each one of these podcasts, wherever you are listening to it on. We are pretty much on every streaming service at this point. And shameless plug, you could check out more of my content if you're into the gun stuff at Firearm Freedom, all those links are in the bio as well. Oh, yeah. What are we talking about today in episode 12? What had us stumped yesterday trying to do this? The Dogon tribe. The Dogons. I feel like a lot of people will have absolutely no idea what yep. that is or I'm what one we're of talking about, you know? That was another one of Joe's crazy, oh, we could talk about the Dogon tribe. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I totally know what that is. <laughs> well, I think, I, I don't know. I feel like it'll attract people in the title because everyone's going to be like, who who are the Dogon? Yeah, this better know? not be a freaking time travel flop because this is some good shit. <laughs> it is good. It's it's very interesting. And it's it could be taken one way or and another. I just want to say time travel is freaking cool. Okay. So Mary will not get off the time travel train. She, guys, well, she's really upset. She posted a reel on oh, Instagram of time hard. travel. No one watched. <laughs> I got a decent 
out of likes, but it flopped, man. It really flopped. Yeah, so. Whatever. You know, it's all right. People- hey, I'm going to keep advocating for what I love. And I'll just keep advocating for. And we'll just end up doing what Joe wants. Government <laughs> conspiracies. No, but this this uh, Dogon tribe is interesting stuff. Yeah, and you know it's it's kind of a small little conspiracy. Kind of dips into to some things. We're gonna be laying this out for you guys in, in a way where we're starting with we got we got to get the layout out first. Let me lay it out for let, you. Let me just let me just get this out on the table. <laughs> we're gonna be starting with who the Dogons are. Right, because a lot of people have no idea. We're going to get into their creation myth or story. I don't know what's proper myth story. or story. Story. It's a I culture. Feel like myth kind of. It uh, says it's rubs incorrect. it the wrong way. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like, like if someone said what the, you believe is yeah, shit. Right. You know? Right. That's <laughs> like, like someone saying like Adam and Eve is like, oh, your myth of the creation. Yeah. Like so maybe that's disrespectful. Believe. If anyone's listening yes. from the Dogon tribe in Mali, <laughs> Africa, I'm very sorry, <laughs> dude. If you're listening and you're in this tribe, please contact us. That'd some, be cool. Some as dude hell. in Mali's like you son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> It's total d- never listening Unsubscribe. again. Unsubscribe. This is Fuck you bullshit. Guys. Uh, <laughs> after that, we're going to go into um, the really what sparked the conspiracy portion of some anthropological... Nope, that wasn't the right word. Anthropological? Uh, no, I think that's right. Anthropological. That does not sound right, even a little bit. Honestly, if you would have been confident, no one would have questioned you. Well, I I don't think that's right. So (laughs) we're going to get into (laughs) a little bit of anthropology uh, surrounding um, the the Dogon tribe and getting into the conspiracy. So we just want to lay it out so you guys know where this is going. And uh, yeah, it should be an interesting one. Yeah, I'm psyched. Uh, what is the deal with the Dogon tribe? Where Where is this tribe from originally? And, uh, you know, let's start there. Yeah, so the Dogon tribe is a remote um, tribe in West Africa. They're located about 300 kilometers south of Timbuktu in the Republic of Mali. So they have elements of their mythology are reminiscent of ancient Egypt. And yeah. um, basically, they're just a very, very ancient old tribe that is still are they still they're still today they're yes yeah. yeah absolutely they're still there today and the other thing that's interesting is they may have actually come uh like migrated from egypt so they they mm. may be part of the original egyptian culture that simply uh, migrated out due to religious beliefs and other things yes. in in the area um and then you know came down to this part of Mali, Africa, and and they set up, it's really interesting on their Wikipedia page, just like on the culture in general, how most of their villages are set up in kind of like defensive positions. And that is from ancient times of, of battling with all these people that really like didn't like them for their belief system. And one of their enemies, I guess you could call it was, um, you know, the Islamic law actually classified the Dogon tribe after the Dogons refused to follow Islamic religion as basically like slaves and, and fair game for trading, yeah, trading. slave trading. Yep. And, and basically like classify them as like non-humans at that point. Right. So they had to like a fight back and B move. Yes. And now Interestingly enough, I believe uh, it, it is it's split up. So about thirty five percent of the Dogons these days actually do practice Islam, 
uh, and then another 10% practice uh, Christianity. Christianity. I thought so that was so interesting. It's very uh, interesting. Yeah. So it's uh, originally what they uh, migrated away from Egypt to, you know, to get away from. Now, a lot of them actually practice that religion. And then I would, they don't specify this, but I would imagine all the rest uh, believe in traditional, um, you know, Dogon beliefs, you yeah. could say. Um, but just really interesting, interesting. tribe, um, you know, and, and interesting that they're still present in the yes. world today. Yeah. And I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here either and say that a lot of their stuff, uh, as far as, uh, cultural beliefs is pretty gruesome, uh, these days. Yeah. Definitely uh, different than the Western culture. No, yeah. The totally different. There's a lot of, uh, uh, sacrificial stuff going on. There's a lot of, uh, <laughs> well, we'll get into their yeah. culture a little bit after we, so they have this creation story. Yes, and that's where um, the the really interesting stuff comes into play. Yeah, um, so we we figured we'd set you up with this creation story, which is going to really like be telling to why this tribe is so interesting. Yes, and we should preface this with we are it's we are oversimplifying this to the max because of course one this is translated information and two you like you know it's like simplifying the whole creation story yeah. of the bible down to like a, a paragraph or two yeah. so it's it there's it's oversimplifying it but you guys get the point where does the creation story start so ama that's a m m a is that that's kind of like their god uh the one, creator. one of them the creator yeah so he was the first to create or be created um the, the video that we're referencing starts off by telling us how Ama created this large round pot with clay. Yep. And um, he heated this pot. I had to rewatch this a couple <laughs> times. He heated it's, it. It's a little interesting. He heated. So stay with us. He heated the pot to a white hot temperature and sent it spinning off into the darkness. And this particular pot became the sun. Yeah. And then he did the same thing um, and heated it to you know lesser of a temperature so it wasn't as bright and yeah. it sent it off that became the moon so now we have ama sun moon right, right, right. um the infographic is actually pretty it's good so it was, helpful it's very helpful if yeah. i read that i would have been like Wait, it's, a, it's, it's a lot <laughs> um and then so ama then took a third lump of clay and flung it as far as he could the clay broke off into a thousand pieces and formed the stars so now we kind of had the, like this solar system going yeah, on right um and then he uh, acquired another large lump of clay and all the clay squeezed He's... it into a large flat object hence the earth flat earthers <laughs> <Yeah>. baby <laughs> So Amma then, after creating all of these different pieces of the solar system and our Earth, he walked down to see Earth. Yeah. You know, just a little stroll. Like, yeah. He's I'm like, just going to check out this thing you know I just what? made. Yeah. Hell yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty let's, cool. Let's see it. Um, Proceeds to rape the Earth. Yeah. Realized it was a beautiful <laughs> woman and, and like, rapes the Earth. I'm pretty lonely. So in this cre creation story, uh, yeah, their creator rapes the Earth. So, so that was one of my like red flag. What <laughs> number one was in like, the, in ooh. The <laughs> In the infographic, I'm like, what? I'm sorry. That's definitely a part where I was like, I need to listen to that one again. All right. So, so that's how we're starting this off. Uh, and the uh, children that the earth bears from the raping, I guess, are uh, what? So there are two Actually, sets Actually, no. Of... The first one was a, a, just a wolf, wasn't it? Or something. Or oh, like a, wait. Hold on. A, a, a um... white wolf or a gray wolf or something like that. Oh, yeah. So the first birth, instead of a set of lucky twins, which is what 
Ama intended to impregnate the Earth with. And, and we he wanted to. Oh no, I was just gonna say. So twins, mind you, are still to this day in African culture and the Dogons like regarded as like I- incredibly lucky. Like it's a wow. very good omen yeah. to have twins, and they're they're actually like celebrated for a very long time That's if really they are twins because it's supposed to relate back to the creation cr- the story. creation story. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, so this initial birth was a pale fox and be this became a symbol of the cruelty of Ama. The the bad omen. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So apparently this fox scurried off to live alone and then the earth became pregnant with more children. So two sets of twins, meaning four cho- total. Yeah. And the first set broke out of the womb too early and this male, it was a male and a female. The male became the god... Yorugo. Trying our best here. (laughs) Since um, him and his sister broke through too early, they were imperfect. And the other two were uh, Nomos. Weren't they? Yeah, neither male or female, half human, half fish, with red eyes and green bodies. Huh. (laughs) Similar to a reptile. Similar to the lizard people. Yeah, so these are perfect beings since they stay in the womb, I guess, and they went straight to heaven. Which was Sirius B, was it not? Yeah, so they journeyed to the faraway star called Sirius B and settled on its moon. Oh, sorry, no. Traveled to Sirius and settled on its moon, Sirius B, which was a star. Correct. So, um... Well, and basically, the so as we start uh, moving from there the reason why they they know this creation story is because the nomos came back yes. from Sirius B on an quote unquote vessel. ark or vessel yeah. and down into the water because they could live in the water and also live on land and these green red-eyed uh fish-like lizard people were also shapeshifters that could come onto land and change their look which is rather reminiscent of some other reptoid like conspiracies that are out there and i want to throw out just another thing one last thing about the creation story is that like all of this is word of mouth being passed down from generational literal yeah. gener- like they did not write these things down i believe they actually had uh like stone uh, uh, drawings like, no like tablets that okay. they so their their history was drawn and and their language was very visual so oh, they okay. would would draw their history on there and then um there also are pieces of artwork throughout their culture that they they don't even show like outside their their homes they keep them in their homes yeah, because pr- it's really private yes it's all sacred dedicated to their creation story and and um the, the legends that they have so that it's not something that they flaunt out to the public because they want you know yeah, not I guess that there's a lot of public you know touring their lands but they keep it very private it says the importance of secrecy is due to the symbolic meaning behind pieces of the process by which the pieces of art are made yes yeah because so it's whatever all re- that means. relating to you know the ogs of Ooh. their culture so after the creation story, this tribe has been very, very secluded for a, a long time. Uh, we're talking about a remote part of Africa that not as many people travel to. Uh, now, I think it's actually more of a, a touristy area. I mean, to a point. Uh, it's not yeah, like no everyone's frequenting that a, a lot, um, but very remote. And the tribe had little to no contact 
possibly with modern man. And we're going to get into that and into the conspiracies a little bit. So, of course, when we bring in anthropology, this is a prime prime spot for an anthropologist to come in and study, study the, the, the culture and see, um, you know, what their mannerisms are to see what the culture is about. And that's where we <laughs> where we start getting into the interesting shit. Um, and we get to two French anthropologists that went to uh, the Dogons to study them for about 15 years in the 30s and 40s. Like living with them for different periods of time, not living with them for 15 years straight, but like just constantly going back to study for maybe months at a time, weeks at a time, right. coming back, studying more. And, and and over this time, so the, the Dogons have a very private culture. So you, you have this like inner society within the Dogons and it's called the mask societies or the uh, Awa society. And only men are permitted into this society, and I believe that's where most of the uh, rituals are performed and also kind of the inner knowledge about the the tribe and creation stories and stuff. So this is not something that is like like that they just are telling everyone. So right. the, the anthropologists that were coming in, it took them a very long time to earn the trust of the tribe. And the story goes that essentially uh, they start kind of, you know, the the— I don't know the proper term, but the religious head of, of that tribe um, who holds the information, kind of like the, the wise man of, of the group, um, started telling these anthropologists their story of creation. And that's where uh, shit gets interesting because they have all of this knowledge that these anthropologists are like, dude, these people shouldn't shouldn't well, have this and, stuff. And, and don't have the resources to know this stuff. I mean, again, very remote little little like they are not materialistic people whatsoever i mean you would argue they're living in huts in africa and they somehow know these crazy crazy pieces of information like what are some examples of that like they know that how many rings are around saturn so they know a lot of um astronomy the rings around saturn like you just said but they also have uh, this like extensive medical knowledge uh, about like uh, other medicinal ways to treat things. I, we're not talking like they're, they're rolling Xanax or something. No. I mean, it's, you know, they're, they, they have advanced medical knowledge on how to treat illnesses with, with what's around them, which again is, is interesting for, um, the, the primitive society that they have. Yeah. Like how does that? Well, and like, they also had information about, um, you know, physiological information, like right. what our makeup is and things that like you just, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. know unless you have like x-ray machines or like be able to like really like have like a, what's it called? A, a cadaver. Is that like a, a yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to study to learn and those like, things. I mean, and they may have had their version of that, but right. it's like, how did they know these crazy, another piece of anthropology or I'm um, sorry, astrological knowledge they had. They knew how many, any moons Jupiter had. Yeah. I mean, these are things that are like the medical stuff, the antro uh, astrological stuff that like very we didn't as a Western society didn't know until what I mean, like God. late eighteen hundreds yeah. on a lot of it. Now there were some Greek philosophers yeah, right, and right, other right. things that that had of this course. information. We're going to get into that later on. But when we we go into uh, the most interesting thing is the Sirius system. So, and that's not, I'm not saying it is Sirius. The actual S I R I U S yeah, system. Sirius system in astronomy, and more specifically, Sirius and Sirius B. And the Sirius B comes into play because that is where these lizard uh, aquatic people 
apparently come from. And they know of this Sirius B star that these anthropologists were very impressed with because they're like, okay, you know, how would these people know uh, about Sirius B and more specifically where uh, their ancestors have come from and that the, they knew that the planet was made up of lead uh, primarily, right. so it's incredibly and heavy. And had two stars orbiting it, so B and A. Well, yes, and then they also knew about, uh, about C, Sirius C, and that's something that we don't know yet at this point in time. We cannot validate if that is legitimate or not legitimate. They, With our current technology, we can neither prove nor disprove it. So basically, the, you know, with the gravitational pull, I, I don't know, shit that goes way over my head, they're like, there could be another star there orbiting around that could potentially have like a six-year orbit around Sirius B that we just, we can't see yet. But in the future, if we, you're hearing it now first, if, if we hear, if we hear that that is accurate, then these people, uh, <laughs> there's some weird shit going on yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing, like even present day, the, you, you have like, um, astrologists looking at the sky with these extremely powerful telescopes yeah. and they still aren't able to like really put into words what they're seeing around it. It like if there is a sea or not, right. You know what I mean? Like they're observing right. this with like technology and we're sitting here saying like proposing that this Dogon tribe with their eyeballs looked at the sky and were like, yes, yeah. I can see this, 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 or they were told by the nomos. So crazy. Essentially what they were telling the anthropologists is how they knew. I shouldn't even say this, what the anthropologists brought back reported to, on. to us, what they reported on is that the creation story with the nomos they were told this creation story and they were told about the star when the nomos came down on their ark or <laughs> craft and told the tribe about their home. And the home is Sirius B. That's where they ca came from. They told them their story, how how th their creation story happened, how the, the Dogon tribe got there, and, and all of these different things. Is that also how they got the information about the medical stuff, apparently? Uh, yes. Yeah, that's how they got Crazy. all of this information, all of the, the medical, advanced medical knowledge that they knew and all that shit. And mind you... They took this information so seriously that they built it into their traditions. Obviously, the Nomos were part of their creation story, but they built Sirius B into their traditions of their rituals, right. of their culture. Like this isn't wasn't just like oh we know this. This is like this is embedded in our culture at this right. point. Right. So they took this extremely seriously. So you can see here why uh, this has a lot of traction in the ancient aliens society because <laughs> you have you know aliens. But <laughs> when it comes down to it. Uh, uh, what they're saying here is that extraterrestrial-like beings came from another planet in the beginning, uh, you know, of their time, and w were the ones that helped them build the society and and all of these things. So it, it, it's very interesting. It's an interesting culture. It's an interesting um, society, and it's one that's gained a lot of traction, even in like far advanced. Um, uh, astrological fields today uh in harvard and other things because, because it doesn't it doesn't track it's like yeah. what are we missing like there's a piece to this like if someone's looking at this as logically as possible right it's not possible right <laughs> i mean there are there are pieces to it which we'll get into that like may explain it a little better but at the end of the day it's like 
these people are so remote. Yes. It doesn't make sense. It's very interesting, you know, and uh, you you have to take a step back and be like, okay, if they had this knowledge, like even if they had um, prim- primitive telescopes, which they they did have, I mean, all the way back in, in ancient Greek culture, they had telescopic But this, this tribe was uh, even before things. that. Well, right, right. So you, you have, um, you know, this incredibly old tribe, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm familiar with uh, history to that point or right. cultures to know if they had some sort of a telescopic device that they could see up into the skies. But even with that on a clear night, we're talking a pretty strong freaking right. telescope to be able to see uh, the things that they saw. And mm-hmm. it's just not something that they would have had knowledge right. of easily. And and if anything, the, the story of the weird lizard people makes more sense than them just like seeing it on a, on a non-cloudy and of night. of course, you like, know? you know, obviously we all know that this, there's star systems in the universe that like, or I'm sorry, phases of stars in the universe. So your stars like start off as what, like something like, like a red dwarf yeah. star. And, and then, then they get, they get brighter and brighter and then they eventually just implode on themselves. And right. then that's the cycle of a star. But I mean, and but mind you though they knew uh, about the red dwarf star and the white dwarf right. star. like they knew, they knew all about of this the information of the yes. ast- yeah. like of stars they weren't and that's another thing is like they under- they not only knew about this pl- this the system of of stars and planet but like they knew the phases of it they knew they knew information that they shouldn't know right for the primitive society that that they are yes. you know we're we're not talking about like a super technological advanced society or even like Greek uh, society where they had all of these different philosophers and other things that created a lot of the uh, mathematical equations and other things that we use today. We're we're talking about like, you know, (laughs) quite the opposite of that in a lot of ways um, in in their, in their belief system. Um, So that is, in a nutshell, the main conspiracy surrounding the Dogon tribe. Now we can kind of get into um, what may or may not be uh, debunking it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so essentially what you hear a lot, and th- th- so we, there's even an article that we're going to go over here, um, and we should, also, we should also mention that what really got this theory, this conspiracy theory, out in the public was two things. One, the anthropologist, the the anthropologists, the French anthropologists coming back and spreading this information in like a journal, uh, you know, that circulated around uh, scientific communities and the anthropology communities and different things like that. And um, basically, uh, this guy, Robert K.G. Temple, who is an author, um, kind of in the sci-fi sort of thing, gets the idea to write a book about it, The Serious Mystery. Right. So in 1976. It, yes. Which he took a lot of his information. Excuse me. He took a lot of his information from evidence from these reports from the French anthropologists. Almost all the information. Yes. You know, it wasn't like he was going to the Dogons and, right. and asking him. But also you know, like reporting on it and kind of putting his own his own. 1976. Uh, 1976 know, like ancient aliens spin? ancient alien spin on it. Basically. Well, like <laughs> just like kind of like 
you know, obviously we had more technology and advancements in 1976 compared to the 30s and 40s. So right. at just injecting that information into the, these reports and kind right. of like mere, um, evaluating the information based on present day but and, and it's, it's, it's important to note this because just like the time travel information, like this stuff generally starts somewhere, you know, from one piece uh, or one yeah. article or whatever, and then just gets slowly spread all over the place. This started from the serious mystery book. So all the, like the little uh, YouTube, bullshit conspiracy you know videos for views and i'll just give you like a little overview of what this book you know the description of this book so this book supports the pseudoscientific ancient astronauts hypothesis that intelligent extraterrestrial beings visited earth and made contact with humans no the dogons yeah in uh antiquity and prehistoric times right and so that that's where this stuff stems from you know that's where we're all this stuff is the the you know YouTube videos pulling this information. That's that's where a lot of the stuff starts from. Um, getting into more modern day, we have even uh, we have an article here from from Harvard. So we start getting into the article, and now we have uh, the other side. You know, and you guys know we try to spread the truth. So we're going to tell you both sides, and then we're going to go into what we think. And the other side, the the opposing side, the critics of this theory, and there have been many. Um, say that it may not be 100% truth that the Dogons were quite as secluded as these French as these French anthropologists may have led on to believe. Right. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at a time where there were still travelers coming throughout there in the late 1800s and early 1900s that would have had this information on Sirius B. And remember, we're depending our whole th- this whole theory on information from two anthropologists. Yes, yeah, the whole thing. For the, the the translated information, I mean, they, they could be pulling this all out of their ass yeah. for the most part. Um, now, of course, nowadays, we, we've had more um, anthropologists go there and study them, so I, I don't want to discount that. Right. Um, you know, and they've proven a lot, especially with their creation myths. That is very accurate. But when it comes to Sirius B, there is a small chance that at some point in time before those French anthropologists got there in the 30s and 40s that another traveler, I think they said like a, a, a possibility of, of Dutch travelers going through there or something like some that. Some European. Some other yeah. European traveler. And I believe we started learning about Sirius B as far as like the, the developed world started learning about it in the late 1800s. So this is knowledge that could have definitely been spread around before the anthropologists got there. Oh is yeah, what we're and getting he, at. And and here's just like a 1991 Walter Van Beek, uh, a Belgian anthropologist, actually led a team to study the Dogon tribe. So Again, there's yeah. an example of of a of a future time where anthropologists. Went and out. the very interesting point about that um, visit is that they went back in 1991 to essentially validate what the first trip said all of this stuff about um you know astronomy and other things in in the solar system and what they reported on is none of that. The they, team they said found no, no interest at all. The team found no trace of detailed serious lore reported by one of the anthropologists from the 30s and 40s. Correct. So they're claiming quite the opposite. They're claiming like, look, the creation story is, yep, that's legit. But as far as like the the um, advanced medical knowledge and uh, medical knowledge about the serious star, star system and all of these other things, 
they the tribe seemed to have no interest at all. Right. Now, you could also argue that it was because they did not gain the full trust of the tribe yet exactly. and, and all of these other things. Because we should say that in the 30s and 40s, the two anthropologists that went... 15 years. ...got extremely close right. to like their like... I don't know what you would call it. Their the, leader. the head person. Yeah, yeah. the head honcho in yeah. that tribe. And like that, that person brought them into their tribe, taught them things that they don't teach people. So yeah, that's a great point, Joe. Is right. that they could have just not... The 1991 team could have just been like rolling in someone's incorrect one, yeah. one of the two are wrong uh, or both of them are wrong but one one of them is most definitely wrong the question is who is wrong um modern day the the, the skeptics are saying look somebody else may have given them this information or there is also a chance that these, um, you know, the original anthropologists that were there may have fed them that information, you know, may have kind of like filled the gaps, if you will, of the translation or said, hey, this is where their their creation story started and watch them point up into the sky. And the French anthropologists say, oh, that's Sirius B. That must be what they're talking about. They write it into their journal logs. And here we go. Now we're, we're down the, the rabbit hole of who told them this information and all of these things. I should also point out that just the creation story by itself is rather interesting. Yes. Just the traditional creation story of the Dogon tribe itself is crazy. So I don't want to discount that at all. Right. Um, the, the And I'm sure our alien lovers out there are like really seeing parallels. at like, the screen right like, now. Like, <laughs> yeah, no shit. There's yeah. aliens. And they right. came down and they told them about the star system. Right. And we're not, we're not discounting that. I'm not saying that that's... <laughs> They're like, <laughs> that's, come on, guys, catch up. So, yeah, that's that's more of the the opposing side. And I think it's important to note, because as always in the the conspiracy circles, people leave this shit out to get views and make it seem like even more crazy. And our job here at the Freedom Foil podcast is, as you know, to spread the truth. Yes. So that's what that's what we're trying to do with this. Um, you know, but the other interesting thing is the point that we mentioned earlier about Sirius C. Yes. That is one thing that this entire time there we don't know about in modern society and so, they claim to have knowledge of it. A dynamical study published in 1995 based on an, an based on studies of Sirius B suggested of the star being gravitationally influenced by another body concluded that the presence of a third star orbiting Sirius could not be ruled out. And that alone could verify the original visit. Right. That alone and, could verify. And it let all. me just say an apparent, this apparent third star was observed in the 1920s. Right. To begin with. So again, this tribe goes back thousand to what, how many thousands of years? Quite a bit. And it's like, they're just confirming that background object now. Right. So right. that, that again makes me question like, Oh my gosh, how did they like know about exactly. that? Exactly. And that's where, you know, that's where, of course, with all of these tinfoil hat things, you rarely ever get the answer. It's almost always left on a cliffhanger of like, what is it? What is it not? And this, that's the answer right there. And, and we I don't know it yet. I would argue that like, if, I don't know, like you just, you don't have the Dogon tribe like out here like they they believe what they believe and they don't need to prove it to anybody. Right. We're the ones coming in and trying to be like, we need to learn more. We need to extract information. Right. They don't give a shit if we believe them or don't no, believe them. They're no. going to keep living their lives and they're going to keep believing what they believe. And the fact that like no one like 
I don't know. I just feel like if it was fake, there would be a lot of people coming out and being like, I'm part of the Dogon tribe and I know they don't give a shit. Well, I feel like that's a perfect segue into what we, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? I think they're, it's totally true. <laughs> no, no hesitation. This is a just full <laughs> tinfoil convert people. I, no hesitation. Yes. This is, I agree. This is, yes. I just, I mean, to the extent of like amphibians coming down, I don't know. Them being, but I okay. Let me just you put it. You know, there's lizard people. Let me just put it this us. way. I think that whether they figured it out on their own with like their own technology or what it was, and maybe they do have this like weird like um, advanced society that's just extremely secretive to the public, and that this tribe is a front. Right. They, I feel like they did come to these conclusions on their own. I don't feel like there was an outside influence. Whether that was Europeans coming through, Greek. Yeah. I, I don't think there was any influence other than their own knowledge i i agree with you i i'm in i'm Hell in belief yeah. <laughs> i'm in i'm in belief of the dogon uh tribe I, I really am i think there's a lot of ancient knowledge there and there's a lot of ancient tribes that you know have this knowledge of possibly a, another society of some type another extraterrestrial society wouldn't it be coming crazy? to earth would you know? that be crazy if like in one of the like huts or whatever you like go in and they'd like put a code in and a door opens and you go <laughs> underground and it's just like this completely advanced society that's like been like they've they've just been way farther than us for <laughs> yeah. years and years i think it would be crazy uh or possibly this advanced society came from hollow earth oh god or check it's just out the, episode whatever that was because i can't remember right now it's just the cia just like down there <laughs> like hey guys it's been us the whole time yeah so i no, i am i, I am in i am in belief a, a lot of the um ancient alien sort of stuff. I, th I think it's a very interesting stuff when we start looking at other technologies, um, mainly a lot of the architecture from back in the day and just how ridiculous it was, you know, the things that were built in those times, the things that are still around today uh, with, without getting into that rabbit hole. I also do want to point out, I have to look at it objectively, that I... I don't want to discount the fact that this this all this information is not relying on the Dogon tribe themselves. It's yeah. relying on these two people that were not part of the tribe that could have misinformed. I mean, this gave them a lot of publicity, a lot of press as an anthropological is... as as anthropologists to promote, you know, their their study. What but they why did. do this? Why do this for fifteen years? That's true. That's true. Or maybe they're doing it for so long. They're like, fuck, we got to have something to no, show for No, but like this. the thing about you know? it is it's not like they went there one time and then they're trying to like live, like they're trying to like gain off of this for 15 years. They went back and like lived in a remote tribe for true. like months at a time. Who's out here just doing that for publicity? I, I agree. I agree. I That's just what... don't, I don't buy that like, oh, I'm going to go like rough it for freaking six months to a year with this West African tribe just because I want to make some money. The other thing that that uh, pushed me more to the side of believing rather than disbelieving was actually the Harvard article yeah. because in it, it, it would have been one thing if they had just said like, Oh, somebody must have like just stumbled by and gave them the information. Even that isn't like uh, something that pushes me to the other side. Yeah, I'm because I'm like, who's just like 
walking by well, th- Mali, Africa. Like, but also, in think area. about it this way. So, like, say somebody was traveling past or through this tribe. They're not going to immediately trust each other enough to, yeah. like, communicate on a level of, like, we're going to share information to that level. Right. Like, if you think about it, like, when... You know, not to get like super away from it, but like when when um, the English came over to the United States right. and the, you know, American Indians, like they weren't like friends. It's not like they right. were like, oh, you know they what? They were just like, hey, let me just like give you, let me just give you all of our information and you can give us all your information. That's just right. not how it works, especially because thinking about it like they probably looked very different right yeah, so like right. european europeans coming into a west african tribe like they i just don't think that they would have trusted enough each other enough to have communicated in a way right. to to share that information the other thing that i was going to mention is their excuse for like how they may have known about Sirius B other than a passerby giving Good them eyesight. the information yeah like dude what? Yeah, okay. That, I'm sorry. I don't know anything about astrology, so maybe I'm just super ignorant here. But I've I've been around a, a lot of clear nights on no light pollution, and like I, I'm not like seeing Saturn, and I'm like, oh, the rings on Saturn look interesting now, tonight. Now like, I will oh, there's say, a serious B star. To be objective, like, back then when they first uh, like came upon it. You know, obviously, like the solar systems and the, um, I'm sorry, the ozone layer was probably a lot clearer yeah. to be completely objective. Yeah, but are they still honestly being like, huh? They're just the squinting. gravitational pull on Sirius <laughs> B tonight looks off. We should record that. And that's like, another thing, though. It's like I would like to read these reports from the anthropologists from the 30s and 40s because I don't think that they said those exact like i don't think they're sitting here saying we believe that sirius b is orbiting sirius yeah and that the, i think they had different names but that's for what i'm them. saying like yeah. they had to the, the the anthropologists had to interpret everything that these people were saying so maybe they interpreted it differently right like it's not like maybe they were, there still is a, a very um advanced knowledge there but yeah, maybe it's know. just uh, misinterpreted it was another star or something right. like or that or like another i don't know i just like maybe that was a mis not miscommunication but like misinterpretation there's a lot of mystery still there you know but yeah i saw i saw the harvard they they literally <laughs> to sum it up are like well it must have been a clear night and they must have just seen it it's it actually uses the words incredibly good eyesight i'm like yeah. all right dude like the, you sound less believable than the lizard people coming down and giving them this information that sounds more believable to me than they had good eyesight and they could just see the solar system I, that's where i'm like i tend to believe the dogons more than uh, or i should say the anthropologists about the Dogons more than this Harvard article. Yeah, because according to another author, Sirius B could be observed or can be observed within a ten with a ten inch reflecting telescope on a very clear night. With these capabilities, it would also be fairly easy to observe Uranus and Neptune and many other fascinating cosmic sites not mentioned by the Dogon. Right. So, so they're basically saying so if they saw if they were able to see Saturn's rings, Jupiter's moons, and Sirius, that why wouldn't they mention Uranus, Neptune? Why wouldn't they mention other pieces of the solar system? Right. Which is a great point. Like if it you're is a good seeing point, all of this stuff. Why aren't they saying mentioning anything else? I, this, but the other thing that's weird about that is 
I could see an ancient Greek society doing that because you again you have all of these philosophical minds that were very interested in those scientific things. Whereas the Dogons remind me a lot more of a a um, Native American like type spiritual. of belief system, spiritual type belief system, and mm-hmm. I don't see them like the the shamans of their uh, tribe sitting there with a telescope like plotting. No, the star system. No, no, no. You know, I'm just I saying know. I agree with this point in saying like if they're going to base traditions around Sirius B, which is just a star, part of a bigger system, yeah. why wouldn't they also be so amazed by Neptune, Uranus, all these different planets that True. they could have also seen? Right. Why wouldn't they have been so amazed by them to also incorporate those into their culture and traditions and then communicate those to the anthropologists? Right. That's yeah. a little confusing to me. It is confusing. And the other uh, skeptic point was like, if the Nomos came down and told them about Sirius B, why would they have not told them about other things as well? But actually, but that actually helps their case because then that that's would... That's what I think. That yeah. would mean that the reptiles came down and uh oh my god i can't believe i'm saying these <laughs> sentences right now. welcome to my life and i'm so serious too i'm like well if the reptoids, well, if came, the, down, the reptoids came down in your shape-shifting eyes oh my gosh yeah but if they did come down and they they were you know these gods if you will and they wanted to just tell them about the things that were important to them that would argue yeah why would point. they not just tell them what what matters they're right i can't imagine they're they're there for that long. Why they're like, they don't t- worry about Uranus and Neptune. They don't fucking matter. Yeah, we got to worry about the Sirius B. That's the shit that They want to tell them about their history, where they're from, why they're from there, the history of, of their version of, of creation well, and all of these other things. Well, because apparently, apparently... And apparently... The, these amphibious reptile nomos were like the Sirius... Sirius was their home. Correct. Yeah, so, the Sirius B. I don't know, guys. <laughs> I feel like a psychopath. I'm it, sitting it, here babbling on about freaking reptiles. Ah, see, it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. You do one little like MK Ultra, and now we're into the reptile people. Oh god, you know, and it's it's just the beginning. And I think with that, it wraps up episode twelve. Mary has officially lost her mind of, of the Freedom Foil podcast, guys. If you want to read about this stuff for yourself, we always recommend that you do, and that is why we put links in the description to to all of this. So whatever you want to check out, uh, it is in there, and we appreciate all the support, letting us know how you like it. So thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, stay tuned for more great content coming soon.